Trade season, baby. The Marlins have dropped their first off-season trade. It was a blockbuster. No doubt about it. We love making moves with backup catchers for 17-year-old outfielders. Nevertheless, the trades have started. We're going to look back at the roster moves. And there was another roster move. A Reynolds is on the roster, but not the one we were all anticipating. Sean is back in the house, of course, on Monday on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. Of course, this is your daily Marlins podcast and I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter, of course, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you are listening to the pod, hit subscribe. It's available free everywhere and still five episodes a week in the main, in the main, even in the depths of November. If you are wondering about YouTube, yes, there is also a Locked On Marlins YouTube channel. Hit subscribe there too. Actually, subscribers, insert rocket emoji. It has been insane. There is nothing like a Craig Mish episode to bump and boost every number there is. He is the biggest drawer in town, no doubt about it. However, the second biggest drawer, Sean Barrett, is in the house. Sean, the UK goat. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing well, Pete. It's not just trade season, it's jumper season. Evidently, your, uh, your heating bill is a bit higher than mine, so... Uh... <laughs> I hope you're enjoying yourself there in your t-shirt. I am. I'm sweating up here. I, I, you know, the Sean. I'll let you into a secret here, mate. I have no say over the heating. I have no say over the thermostat. There is a boss in the house, and it is not me. Her name is Tara, and she controls the thermostat. And I can tell you right now, she's got she's got it cranked, absolutely cranked. The funny thing is, as I walk downstairs to go and do this pod, I did say to her, I was like. Do you want to turn that down and just remember the fact that it's about 90 quid a minute for a heating at the moment? Nevertheless, I can still see the smoke pumping out the back here. Heating's on full force. You, evidently, welcome to Locked On Heating, by the way. Um, <laughs> but you, evidently, heating is still off, which is the I've right call. Marlin's approach to heating at the moment, I'm afraid. Uh, as in it's still off. Yeah, <laughs> low budget. <laughs> Low budget. Low budget team. We're looking for a trade. That's what we're looking for. And on that, Sean, uh, by the way, uh, I'm I'm loving the jumper. It is absolutely uh, impeccable. Uh, But the Marlins have dropped a trade. First trade uh, of the year, and it was the one that no one predicted uh, is absolutely for sure. But what we did talk about was the fact that the backup catcher, the backup backup catcher, the third string catcher, I should say, is and was potentially at risk in this kind of roster crunch because it's so easy to add a third catcher um, if you need and if you need the spot. And in the end, that's what's happened here. Peyton Henry, uh, who actually, let's not forget, was on the opening day roster. He was he was playing a bunch uh, early on, was then optioned down. We never saw him again. But he has been traded. And, and again, where did Peyton Henry come from? I think people are maybe asking that question. Maybe not. I'm kind of asking it too. It came from the Brewers. And we've sent him back to the Brewers. He was in the trade for John Curtis. Remember him? John Curtis, for Peyton Henry. That also led to a legendary, legendary 
Marlin Zoom Room moment when Don Mattingly was asked about the availability of John Curtis after he'd been traded. <laughs> the Juno had forgotten that they traded Curtis. Nevertheless, uh, he, Peyton Henry, is now back with the Brewers. And Remington Batista, 17-year-old right fielder, is now with the Marlins. They are stacking up those right field studs. Um, Sean, just reaction on this one. Uh, I guess you're probably going to say you've got it right, Pete, third string catcher, like it is what it is. But it was. This has been an interesting cycle here for the Marlins because if we, you know, let's not forget, not only did Peyton Henry arrive, but so did Alex Jackson in the space of the same window. They were trying to find a catcher to fill a void. And in the end, none of those options have worked. And they've kind of lucked out with Fortez plus trade of his stallings. But Peyton Henry, back to the Brewers. Um, not a big shocker or a big move, I don't think, on this one, right? Yeah, not a big needle mover. It is a case of uh, a major league team's going to want three catchers on their 40-man roster because that's just the nature of the game. You know, you need that, that, that backup. Now, it's easy enough to say, yeah, going into this window where you've got to get down to 40 and you want to keep as many talented guys as you can, it makes sense to maybe take away from that third catcher because how much better is your third catcher than your fourth catcher or your fifth catcher is probably not that much. Um, they've got a couple of young guys, you know, at double A this season, Paul McIntosh. Yes, that might be the first time I've looked at his page this year, but the numbers look okay. And obviously they're going to have a greater understanding of what they've got down in the depths. And, and when you are talking about a third catcher who you might not ever see at the major league level over the year, they are purely insurance. Um, yeah. And obviously the Marlins have chosen to use that spot that they would have used for Henry on a guy that's more likely um, or more valuable to them going into the season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and as well on, on Henry, here's what we have to call out. He made the opening day rosters and was getting an element of playing time. Uh, another thing to call out on him as well before I talk about his actual performance last year. He's only 25. Um, also, one hell of a stud muffin. Like, good-looking dude. Really good-looking dude. So that's kind of, you know, that's detracted away from, from the Marlins uh, in the looks department. However... From a numbers perspective, not so good last year. I, I, I mean, I haven't looked for a long time what Peyton Henry slashed, but I mean, he hit 143. He was, you know, it was only, what, 28 plate appearances or at-bats, four hits, a couple of RBIs, no bombs, but he hit 143. An OBP, though, of 314. But nevertheless, to your point, we can find, we can replace this down the line. And in the end... They needed to clear a spot because they wanted to add Sean Reynolds to the mix. And boy, oh boy, what a story this could be, Sean Reynolds. Because, um, I mean, not in terms of what he is now and his frame, I mean, six foot eight dude. I've seen some clips of him ever since this news broke. He looks like he gets pumped. He's a massive dude. Also, he was a hitting prospect originally. The Marlins drafted him as a hitting prospect, decided hitting's not for you, stud. Let's get you on the bump. And that's only been recently made. So what? A turnaround here. Um, I mean, this is just this is just hysterical for the Marlins. It just sums the organization up. The fact that they draft dudes, hitters, and then can turn them into major league pitchers. That is just a testament to the development of the Marlins from a pitching side. But I mean, from a six foot eight dude that's throwing a hundred, I mean, why not? Eh? Let's see what he's got. 
Well, that's it. I mean, it would be nice if they could do it the other way around. I mean, can you Perez hit? I mean, <laughs> let's try and find <laughs> out, maybe. Absolutely. Especially, yeah, I mean, he was six foot nine. So, I mean, we've yeah. got... Showy Perez. Yeah, we're going to have some really tall guys on that bump. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting story, isn't it? It'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Obviously, he's thrown gas, which is always a good start. It'll be interesting to see if he can follow that up with a decent, you know, off-speed pitch and whether he can get control. But ultimately, yeah, it's it's a fun storyline, isn't it? The idea that the Marlins can't get offensive guys in into the majors, but they can turn them into pitchers. It's it's pretty random. It really is. Intrigued. Very intrigued to see. And let's be totally honest, the way things are currently set, and there's seemingly a lot of water to go under this bridge in the off-season, but... Sean Reynolds is in touching distance with you know of, of making the opening day roster here. Like he really is because of the way this bullpen has looked. I mean, I put it out on Twitter the other day. I wasn't trying to be jokey or sarcastic. I was just stating the facts. I listed the bullpen arms that are there. <laughs> and most people were, you know, weren't happy with what they what they, they were seeing. So Sean Reynolds, I'm you know, has a decent spring. He has a legitimate chance of cracking this roster because. You know, some of the guys that would have been there aren't. Max Meyer, he's going to be out for the year. Bender, out for the year. Cody Poteet, out for the year. Like, there's three guys there already. Three spots potentially available. Yes, the Marlins need to make some moves, but they can't be rolling with Eliezer Hernandez either, so let's rule him out. That's four spots, so big chance he makes it if he has a, a decent spring. What I did see, though, a few guys left. In minor league free agency, and from a reliever perspective, the one that caught my eye in the in the main was touchdown Tommy. I hope Rob Newell is listening. And Rob, if you are, I hope you're well, brother. Uh, Rob Newell uh, was one of the 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 original UK goats from Fish Across the Pond, and he absolutely loved touchdown Tommy Eveld. And I'm to be honest with you, Sean, I'm shocked that we never saw him. To be honest, because he had a lot of swag, a lot of buzz, uh, a wild, wild dress sense. And let's be honest, like we've had multiple years of terrible baseball in the summer. Why didn't Tommy Eveld get a go? Well, it's strange, isn't it? I mean, my only knowledge of, of Tommy is, is from Rob. So, obviously, <laughs> I, that, that, I, my understanding is he's a fantastic bullpen piece. Um, exactly. I mean, Rob watched the games, so it wasn't just, you know, he, he knew what he was talking about. And so, yeah, it was always a bit of a surprise that the Marlins never did really give him an opportunity. Mm. And yeah, they, he's he's elected free agency now, and he'll lock on somewhere else, I'm sure. And again, it's it's that Marlins curse, isn't it? Player that we never really either got the best out of, or never trusted, goes somewhere else and becomes a major league player. Uh, it'll be it'll be something that I'm certainly looking into next year, where see where he lands and see, see how he does. Yeah, for certain. I mean. You know, looking at his numbers last year, he pitched a lot in AAA. He's been a AAA for a, for a long time and, you know, just over three RA and, you know, looked serviceable the year before, you know, three RA. I mean, back when, when Rob was watching the games, as I'm looking back, because we started Fish Across the Pond like 2018, after 2018. And I think that year collectively had a 107 ERA. So I can understand why Rob was buzzing about Tommy Evelt at that point. Nevertheless, I didn't expect for us to be talking about Tommy Evel, but nevertheless, he has elected free agency. And Rob Newell, I hope you are, uh, well, you're probably jumping up and down livid that he was never given an opportunity. But yeah, to, 
just to round off the Sean Reynolds thing, the, the reality is the Marlins have found some diamonds in the rough the last couple of years. Like, let's not forget, we've obviously, you know, we've got the um, the most recent uh, Bender example, obviously. Um, but Nick Anderson, in some ways, was a similar dude. Um, and there's 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 a few others that kind of spring to mind. Stephen O'Curd, to be honest with you, is is similar. Like, the Marlins do have a good way of identifying some some pitching talent. And, and okay, this one has come from within. And they truly have identified some pitching talent because he was a hitter. And they've just said, actually, no, let's flick the switch and let's see if you can pump some gas. Clearly, the frame helps. And they knew what they had there. But, yeah, fascinating, fascinating thing. But to be honest with you, Sean, I, I think we're going to see him in the major leagues next year. I can just see that because this, you know, the, the bullpen is in such flux. So why not, hey? Well, not only that, I mean, it is a case of I'm not expecting the Marlins to go out and pick up a, 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 a bullpen piece at five, ten million for multiple years. We're seeing some no of these way. crazy numbers that are going out for the bullpen at the moment. And ultimately, the Marlins just aren't going to go there. And so, yeah, they are going to find, as you said, these diamonds in the rough. They're going to find these these guys like they have done before with Bender as well. I mean, mm. he had some live stuff. That's the one thing that they're doing a lot of. They're, they're finding these guys that have got, you know, the stuff. And then yeah. it's about the rest of the makeup being made up, you know. And when you've got, you know, when you've got the pitching development that the Marlins have, it is almost a case of get me the raw guys, get me the guys with the physical ability to pitch. Yeah. And then we'll sculpt that into a major league pitcher. Yeah, yeah, for, for certain. It's the MO, right? They can they can mold that well, which is impressive. Um, okay, well, it's time to let you guys know about our good friends over at, and if you are watching, you see the graphics. Our good friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds, trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football basketball to soccer yes and it is also the world cup the world cup starting on well this week well sunday depends on whether you see sunday as the start of the week or the end nevertheless they got esports as well they've got it all covered at betonline.net and if you love your sports podcast which i assume you do you can find those at betonline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more betonline where the game starts all right. Oh, wrong graphics. Oh, boy. Absolute botch job here from the producer. Who is he? Anyway. Okay, Sean. So let's just go backwards slightly and finish up on these uh, on the, the, the moves that were made. And we're still expecting some more. We have to call it out that the Rule 5 protection deadline is, is tomorrow uh, on Tuesday. I'm recording this on Monday, and this is coming out on Monday, too. Um, so tomorrow is the Rule 5 protection piece. So the Marlins currently have 40 on their roster. If they decide they want to protect other guys, like they perhaps did with Sean Reynolds, um, then there needs to be further moves. There can be further moves. There should be further moves, to be honest with you. And I've I've already talked about the fact that Eliezer Hernandez um, should not be on this 40-man going into spring. I don't know how it ends, but he should not be. Um, but what we have to do is remember that we spoke for an hour about various moves and in the end we i believe were one for five uh we had brian hoeing but apart from that we were a little bit off the mark it's fair to say uh, i i think what i wanted to do just kind of carrying on the the bullpen theme i wanted to get your take on the the cole salsa move because for me that was a real eyebrow raiser for a marlins team that's just traded for him and is still struggling in the bullpen um for me that's 
Well, it caught me off guard, I think is how I describe it. What about you? I mean, yeah, it is weird. I mean, if you looked at his numbers, you'd, you'd say, why is it such a surprise? I think the, the more surprising thing is the fact that they gave up on him so soon. And given what they gave up for him, you know, it, was, it wasn't a nothing deal. They paid some value for him, as well as Tan Scott, obviously. Um, but obviously, they've, they've decided to move on pretty quickly, rip that Band-Aid off. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised the team came in. The number, the financial value that Salsa was under for next year wasn't a lot. But for the Marlins, kind of is, for a, a bullpen piece that you can't trust, or seemingly they didn't trust. I, I mean, I'd be interested to see if they thought they could pass them through. Um, as it is, the Diamondbacks, again, not a, not a major market in the sense of spending, picked them up. So, yeah, I don't. I think the reason why he was never on my list as far as expecting him to go was because of that that value that they tra- that they traded for him to give him up yeah. for now I think apart from the salary relief of of getting rid of him was a mm. surprise agreed and yeah I mean he goes to the Diamondbacks now uh, we'll wait and see how it all plays out but you know when he also had two minor league options remaining it wasn't like they were like they had you know no wiggle room with him if they maybe thought were a bit uncertain, but that that would that did catch me off guard. That one, I know, I spoke about it on my own uh, last week, and I think Craig Mish actually echoed that too. That I think the word he used was a bit of a stunner, uh, which it really was. However, another stunner for me was Luke Williams being claimed by the Dodgers. Um, we talked about Luke Williams saying that you know this maybe possible, um, but the fact that the Dodgers claimed as well, I think that was a very interesting uh, decision. I'm not sure. Uh, you know whether he makes end up makes in the the, the kind of final forty man once all these you know, the off seasons are said and done. But what was your take on that one with Luke firstly being uh, waived and then claimed by the Dodgers? I think, yeah, I think the 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 more interesting thing, as you said, was the fact that the Dodgers picked him up. You just presume you see the Dodgers being this juggernaut. You just presume that there's no room on a forty man for a guy like Luke Williams. Now, mm. you know he he is what he is. He is a He's a young guy. He's defensively okay with a bat. We'll, we'll see, I guess. I mean, it's just, like you said, how many at-bats does he get in the Dodgers this year? Who knows? But, yeah, no, I think the most surprising thing for me is the fact that I remember reading some of the quotes or some of the comments, which is never a good thing. But Dodgers fans speaking about it in a positive sense. Of, oh, okay. Yeah, and, and I mean, we're always trying to be as positive as we can as, as, as a fan base. But, yeah, for, for a Dodgers fan to be talking about this in a positive light was was certainly eye-opening for me. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting, right? I mean, again, it's it's so hard because with the Dodgers and for with any team, this is why it's hard. Like, we follow the Marlins very closely. And the reality is we, we don't follow any of the other teams anywhere near as close to the Marlins and often aren't certain where their rosters are at and, you know, what's happening, what's happening in free agency, what's their depth like. It's, you know, we know who we know with the Dodgers. We know the studs that are out there every day winning over 100 games, but maybe a, la- a layer or two below, you don't. And so, yeah, perhaps a utility guy is exactly what the Dodgers needed, maybe. I mean, let's not let's not forget who was the, who was the speed skater that was getting... Um, at bats for the Dodgers at one point this year was that right? What was his name? Uh, the ex Marlin speed skater. Oh man, I've I've completely uh, I've completely blanked on that. <laughs> <laughs> Alvarez was it? Was it um, no. Eddie Alvarez? Yes, it was. 
I'm gonna have to type that in now. It was, wasn't it? Let's see. Um, we don't usually do live lookup stats, uh, but I'm gonna have to look it up because I'm pretty sure Eddie Alvarez had, you know, a chunk of at bats for the Dodgers last year. Let's have a look. Yeah, he had 25 at bats. I mean, he hit 160. <laughs> Nevertheless, Luke Williams is probably an upgrade on Eddie Alvarez. So there you go. Um, Anything, I mean, now it's all said and done, mate. Um, is there any others you wanted to call out? Because the other moves, you know, just to remind you on this, uh, it was Luke Williams and Cole Salsa, both of them waived and uh, and claimed. Then uh, Poteet, Hoeing, and Holloway. Those were the guys that were actually uh, in that kind of, that crunch. Any major other surprises there on those guys? Uh, not really. I'm, I'm glad that Poteet passed. I think Me too. He- I think he'll be of the three, the most valuable player for the Marlins next year. Um, as well, Wendell, or she declining that option and paying, well, presumably paying him an arbitration year um, was, was an interesting. But yeah, no, Poteet, for me, I, I like what I saw from him. I think he is a, a serviceable long man, you know, at a push, you know, the fifth man in the rotation at times in the season when needed. So for him to pass through to the minors and stay on the team for me was was a good move. Yeah, agreed. I don't think he'd be uh, pitching at all next year. I think he had his like Tommy John or whatever, like quite late in the year. So I think that was like the calculated risk there was like pass him through because he's just he's not going to be he's not going to deliver anything of value on the field. Let's say in twenty three. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I I mean I liked what I saw with Poteet. I've just had a sudden it suddenly dawned on me is. A Cody Poteet and Max Verstappen. Are they doppelgangers, those guys? Is that, I mean, am I way off on that? I don't know. Maybe I am. But anyway, Max Verstappen is on my mind at the moment after yesterday's Grand Prix, the Brazilian Grand Prix, uh, where uh, he decided to uh, basically shaft his team and teammate, which was a very interesting approach. It is a very individual sport. However, you are part of a team. There is no I in team, but there is in Chisholm, and he is the team. And let me remind you that. Um, guys, we're out of time. We're out of time for today's episode, but here's the good news. Join us again tomorrow, Tuesday, and myself and Sean Barrett will be back, and we are going to be digging into the announcement, well, part announcement of the majority of Skip Schumacher's uh, staff, which has started to kind of trickle through. We've also got some news about a promotion in the front office, so we're going to talk about that too, and we're going to start conversations around the Arizona Diamondbacks and what trade partners the Marlins may have this year. We're not going to be going every team like last year. That was when there was a lockout. Uh, there's no, it's not necessary this time, but we're going to really focus in on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Effectively, they need pitching. What do they have in abundance? What is their glut? It is outfielders, baby. Feels like a nice fit. So we're going to dig into that also tomorrow. Lockdown Marlins. In the meantime, thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listener of the day. Thank you to Sean Barrett, the UK GOAT. He's back tomorrow anyway. And of course, I'm your host, Peter Pratt, signing out. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then.